The Bradford Exchange presents The Classic Radio Theater with your host, Carl Amari. Countdown for blast off. X minus one. Yes, it's Maxwell House Coffee Time, starring George Burns and Gracie Allen. Richard Diamond, private detective. The Johnson Wax Program with Fibber McGee and Molly. Suspense. It's time once again for another comedy episode of Our Miss Brooks. Dragnet. We offer you escape. Kraft presents the Great Gildersleeve. Yeah. I'm that man. Matt Dillon, United States Marshal. Good evening, friends of the Inner Sanctum. The Jack Benny Program. Welcome, everyone, to episode 72 of the Classic Radio Theater. Each week, the Bradford Exchange and participating sponsors bring you three hours of the Classic Radio Theater, featuring programming from the golden age of radio. This time, we'll hear two half-hour comedy episodes of the Milton Burl Show. We'll begin after this short break. Milton Berle, born Mendel Berlinger, had a comedy career that spanned over 80 years, first in silent films and stage as a child actor, then in radio, movies, and television. As the host of NBC's Texaco Star Theater from 1948 until 1955, he was the first major American television star and was known to millions of viewers as Uncle Milty and Mr. Television. From 1934 through 1936, Burl appeared regularly on Rudy Valley's radio show. In 1939, he became host of Stop Me If You've Heard This One, with panelists spontaneously finishing jokes sent in by listeners. In the late 1940s, he canceled high-paying nightclub appearances to expand his radio career. His Philip Morris-sponsored radio show aired on NBC in 1947 and 1948. Scripted by Hal Block and Martin Ragaway, The Milton Berle Show brought Berle together with Arnold Stang. Others in the cast were Pert Kelton, Mary Ship, Jack Alpertson, Arthur Q. Bryant, and Ed Begley. It served as a springboard for Burl's emergence as television's first major star. Time now for the first of two comedy episodes of The Milton Burl Show. In this first one, Burl and his gang salute the auto industry. Here's The Milton Burl Show from September 23rd, 1947. smoker knew what Philip Morris smokers know, they'd all change to Philip Morris. Johnny presents the Milton Berle Show. Here comes Johnny, ladies and gentlemen. Johnny on the spot for Philip Morris, America's finest cigarette. If every smoker knew what Philip Morris smokers know, they'd all change to Philip Morris. Yes, they'd all... Jack Albertson, Arnold Stang, Mary Ship, Jack Hartley, our singing star Dick Farney, the music of Ray Block and his orchestra, and yours truly, Frank Gallup. 
Ladies and gentlemen, tonight we salute the great automobile industry, proud makers of Buick, Plymouth, Studebaker. In keeping with this spirit, our star, Milton Berle, will now spend the next half hour making a gnash of himself. <laughs> and here he is, Milton Berle. Fine diction tonight, Mr. Gallup. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Automobiles, Mr. Gallup. You remember when we used to sing, Come along with me, Lucille, in my merry Oldsmobile. Today they sing, Stay at home with me, dear Evie. I'm on the waiting list for a Chevy. <laughs> I, I, I could have said, I look sharp as any razor in my brand new Kaiser Fraser. <laughs> I could have said that, but I'm glad I didn't. <laughs> oh, come now, Burl. People are getting new cars. Yes, they are getting new. You're right, Mr. Gallup. My brother, Frank. You know Frank? Yes, indeed. Grand well. boy. He... <laughs> Three grand every week. Um, <laughs> my brother, Frank, my, he just got a new car, a new 1947 reconvertible coupe. Reconvertible coupe? You mean uh, convertible? No, I mean, re- <laughs> I mean, I mean revertible. <laughs> this is going to louse up the joke now. What I just said. <laughs> no, I. I mean revertible, because at the end of the month it reverts back to the finance company. <laughs> you get it, Mr. Gallup? You see, you said revertible, and I said reconvertible, and it reverts back to the. Burl. Burl, if you ever again make me a party to a joke like that, I'll roll up this script and flog you with it. Mr. Gallup! You'll give me another straight line like that, and I'll pull out your tongue and braid it around your nose. Well, Mr. Gallup, well, you should know by now that in order for me to tell a joke, I, I, I need a stooge. A stooge? Yes. I, Frank Gallup, a stooge. Oh, now, now, wait a minute. I, I, who was the music commentator for the great Toscanini. Well, Mr. Gallup. I, who was once asked by Asha Heifetz to hold his rosin. <laughs> Please, Mr. Gallup. I, the wearer of the Andre Costellanet's belt for faithful service to music. But, Mr. Gallup, I... I, a stooge for Milton Berle. Mr. Gallup, I... Quiet, peasant. <laughs> yes, Mr. Gallup, sir. Mind you, Berle, I don't mind an occasional exchange of quips as I'm rather good at that sort of thing. I know you are, Mr. Gallup. However, in the future, when we engage in a bit of horseplay, allow me to choose which part of the horse I'm going to play. <laughs> But, Mr. Gallup, you don't understand. I'm supposed to be the star. Allegedly, yes. (laughs) So let us settle it once and for all. Henceforth, all serious matters will be handled by me. All right. And let's leave the comedy to Bob Hope. Mr. Gallup! (laughs) Mr. Gallup, you've you've hurt me. Hurt me. Deeply. Painfully and mortally. Come, though, let's not slobber. (laughs) Oh, sure, that's the popular sport now, to make insulting jokes about Milton Berle. Go ahead. But let me tell you one thing. I remember every one of those insulting jokes. I use them all later. <laughs> Burl, if you've quite finished with this revolting display of self-pity, let us get on with our subject, the automobile industry. But, Mr. Gallup, why, why such a depressing subject? Customers fighting with auto dealers, long waiting lists, high prices. True, Burl. That's why tonight we're taking our listeners back to happier days. Oh, yes, it was just a few years ago when all you had to do was walk into any automobile dealer's showroom... And this is what would happen. Well, 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 well. (laughs) Mr. Burl, so you've come in to buy one of our new cars. Uh, Maybe. (laughs) Oh, Mr. Burl, just look at this model. 
16 cylinders, mother of pearl spark plugs, seat covers by Hattie Carnegie, 14 carat piston rings, Chippendale rear view mirror, and a tail from an unborn mink for the radiator cap. <laughs> oh, Mr. Burl, this car is just for you. Take it, please. Uh, maybe. <laughs> oh, but Mr. Burl, look at that car. Get behind the wheel. Drive it around for a couple of years. If you like it, if you like it, send us a little something each month. If you don't like it, just dump it somewhere on the street. We'll pick it up later. <laughs> oh, please, Mr. Burl, say yes. Well, I don't know about that radiator cap, that bronze bust of the president of General Motors signing with the United Auto Workers. You don't like it? No, I don't. There. We'll replace it with the head of one of our vice presidents. In gold? No, the real head. <laughs> oh, Mr. Burl, have a heart. Buy it. Well, uh, when can I have delivery? In 15 minutes. 15 minutes? Yes. What's the matter, another strike? I... <laughs> uh, tell me, uh, what's the price? Well, well the, the list price is $500. The list price? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Let me get out of this clip joint. Oh, <laughs> Well, wait, Mr. Burl, wait. Naturally, we'll give you a liberal allowance on your old car. Oh, you will, huh? Yes. Let me see. That's my car in the front, that 1922 Essex. Oh. <laughs> well, I'll give you $300 on it. $300? Yes. That's the big Grover Cleveland model. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't see. It is in good condition. It has a tire. <laughs> I'll give you $600. Okay. Oh, Mr. Burl, you'll never regret it. Now, let's see. $500 for the new car, $600 allowance for your old car. Here you are. A check for $100, and here are the keys to your new car. Oh, thank you, Mr. Burl. Come in again, please. There I go again. No sales resistance. Yes, those were wonderful days. Well, now let us observe Milton Burl going in to see the same dealer about a new car today. <laughs> Excuse me, my name is Burl. Remember... Shut up! Yeah. You see that table there, don't you? I want to see $300 under it before I even look at you. Yes, sir. There it is. Now, I've been on the list since... Shut up! Yeah. The price is $10,000. $10,000? 10, Shut up! Yeah. That's the list price. There's got to be a little extra in it for me. Wait a minute. I gave you $300 under the table. That was for the table. It's yours. Take it home. <laughs> But I... Shut up! When can I have delivery? How old are you? 35. You'll never make it. <laughs> but I, I... Look, forget about it. I got a beautiful used car for you. Just $1,000 and it's yours. Well, it's a deal. Here's the money. Where's the car? There it is. A 1922 Essex. <laughs> Gee, my old big Grover Cleveland model. It's just what I've wanted. Thank you. Thank you. Shut up! <laughs> Yes, Mr. Gallup, those were the wonderful days when you took new cars for granted. When in your shiny new car with that one and only girl, you snuggled up to her and you sang, Give me the road, the white winding highway. Just let me see the unbeaten highway and I'll travel along singing a vagabond song. Ah, uh, Cynthia. Cynthia, golden memories, golden memories of Cynthia. 
I'll tell you when to laugh, lady, please. <laughs> In my heart, there is always still that picture of you, Cynthia, speeding down the highway. The top of the car would be down, the flap of the car would be open, and the owner of the car would be chasing you. <laughs> On the open road, hitchhiking with Cynthia. Remember that day, Cynthia, when no one would stop for us? You lifted your skirt and you held your leg out on the highway. That stopped the cars for miles. They thought it was a fallen tree. <laughs> poor, poor nearsighted Cynthia. Remember how you'd stick your head out of the car window to read the Burma Shave signs? Then one day you stuck your head out too far. Boing, boing, boing. <laughs> getting smacked, getting smacked by those signs gave you a smart, stylish look. A sort of off-the-face face. <laughs> but it was Cynthia's driving that made me love her. What a road hog you are, Cynthia. Used to keep an apple in your mouth. Used to keep an apple in your mouth. <laughs> Throw that gag in a writer's mouth. But it was the little things. <laughs> I don't think it'll fit. They got too many old ones in there now. <laughs> but... <laughs> ah, but it was the little things I remember about you, Cynthia. Your tinkling little laugh whenever they'd catch you filing the engine numbers off of hot cars. <laughs> Those tired little lines that would appear around your mouth after a hard night of siphoning gas out of parked cars. <laughs> yes, Cynthia, all of your life you were crazy about cars. I guess that's why you turned out to be such an old crank. <laughs> but as for me, I'll travel alone. A vagabond Thank you No, no, please No, I'll have none of that No applause, please No applause Now you see what'll happen you, You'll call NBC's attention To the fact that I'm on their network You see And it makes them see red Network I made it up Joke <laughs> Oh, I'm cooked. If they ever find out, I'm cooked. Burl. You know, I'm cooked if... Oh, that's your line. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's Burl, the one you I have. I say, uh, tonight, let us take our listeners behind the scenes of the great automobile industry. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, well uh, maybe I'll think about it, Jess. Well... <laughs> what have you got to say next? If we do... Yes? If well, we suppose do... suppose I say we don't want to. <laughs> and what have you got to read next? Uh... I'm in that mood tonight, Mr. Gallagher. There will be no fun in the studio. Let's this is between you and me. Did you hear that applause just then? That was Ray Block trying to keep himself awake, I think. You say that you want to take the listeners behind the scenes of the great automobile industry? No. I've got an idea, Mr. Gallup. I've got an idea. You know who? You know, being that we, our whole subject, uh, our automobiles, you know who I'm going to be tonight? Who? Walter P. Burrow. Who? He's that great yes, automotive... Yes, yes. He's the automotive industry man, yeah. the head of that great auto corporation. And what are you doing? I'm addressing my board of governors. Oh. Gentlemen, I am proud to announce that the new 1947 Burl 8 is on the market. Hurrah, hurrah. 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 <laughs> 
That's the spirit. <laughs> Gentlemen, we have to do something about our salesmanship now. Every one of us has got to get out there and push the new Burl 8. That's the only way it'll go. <laughs> And don't worry, gentlemen, we have a new gadget that will revolutionize the auto industry. What's the new gadget, boss? What the new gadget, boy? <laughs> Go find out for yourself. I'm busy. I have to put Johnny on the spot. Tell me, Johnny, why is Philip Morris so much better to smoke? Here's your answer, sir. It's because the Philip Morris smoker really gets what other smokers only hope to get. Right, Johnny. Philip Morris is the one leading cigarette with an exclusive difference in manufacture. The only leading cigarette scientifically proved far less irritating to the nose and throat. Remember, less irritation means more enjoyment. That's why the Philip Morris smoker really gets what other smokers only hope to get. Better taste, finer flavor, perfect smoking pleasure. Um, doesn't every smoker know that? No. Oh. <laughs> If every smoker knew what Philip Morris smokers know, they'd all change to Philip Morris, America's finest cigarette. For perfect smoking pleasure, try a pack of Philip Morris today. That was my heart as a hobo. <laughs> Arrangements by Flash Gordon. That was Ray Block, the Philip Morris Orchestra. And Ray, your music and your orchestra as well. Your playing can be summed up in two words. More rehearsals. And now, <laughs> as we continue our salute to the great automotive industry, we now present... Automobile Forum tonight. Automobile Forum tonight. The question. Do you close the new Studebaker with a door or a cork? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Gallup. And now, you're back on Prudential. And now, let us... <laughs> let us proceed with the questions about automobiles. Let's start with this gentleman opening the bottle of beer with his teeth. Uh, yes, sir? Mr. Burl, I'm tired of the same old wreck, year in and year out. The same old wreck? On the street, people always point and say, look at that old heap. Then why don't you get rid of the old heap? I'd like to, but she won't give me a divorce. <laughs> Thank you, thank you. Let's move on. All right, this young man wearing the chintz knickers. Uh, young man, uh, what, is, uh, what is your name? My name is Lady Esther. <laughs> Lady Esther? Yeah, but I'm not the real Lady Esther. Oh, you're not? No, the real one got a deeper voice. Oh, that's true. That's true. That's true. My father gave me the name Lady Esther because he said I belong in a jar. <laughs> I see. Before I changed my name to Lady Esther, I had a boy's name. A boy's name? What was it? Lady Mendel. <laughs> All right, Lady Esther, you have something to say about the new automobiles? Yeah, but I don't feel like talking right now. Well, if you talk... I'm a funny guy. If I don't feel like talking, I don't talk. Yeah, but what... Nobody can make me talk either. Did you hear about it? I know that, Stop but... nagging me. I'm telling you, my lips are sealed. All right, John. I'm a citizen. You can't make me talk if you burn my feet with candles. Look, we're trying... I'm a citizen. You can't make me talk even if you miss the district attorney. Yeah, but we're trying to... I'm a citizen. You can't make me talk if you beat me, torture me, throw me in solitary. Please, you... Go on, hit me. You're screaming for my blood, but I ain't talking. <laughs> Let us not create a disturbance. Young man, if you have a question, let's hear it. Okay. Would you like to tweeze my eyebrows? 
Oh, please. Let's get on to the ladies. All right, this lady in the aisle shaking paprika on the frog's legs. Um, young lady, what is your name, please? Tallulah Feeney. I'm a homemaker. I see. And you have a question? Yeah, how can I stop my husband from tinkering with cars? Your husband likes to tinker? He's the biggest tinker in the neighborhood. <laughs> Really? He likes to take cars apart. Once he took a car apart in 30 seconds. 30 seconds? He must have had help. Yeah, from a telephone pole. <laughs> I see what you mean. What a picture he makes every Saturday, rolling down the highway. <laughs> What's wrong with that? I got to sober him up and help him back in the car. <laughs> I understand. Him and his fancy driving. You should see how he can stop on a dime. For doing that, they threw him in jail. They threw him in jail for stopping on a dime? Yeah, the dime was in a pedestrian's pocket. <laughs> Oh, gee, that's terrible. You should see them gadgets for the car. He even got a raccoon tail. It's amazing. <laughs> What's amazing about having a raccoon tail? Growing out of them. Oh. Oh, that's different. Whenever I'm with him, he drives with one hand. It's insulting. That's romantic. What's insulting about your husband driving with one hand? What's insulting? The other hand he keeps on his wallet. That did it. Thank you very much. Thank you. As the most appropriate closing to our automobile forum, let us all join together and sing. There are cars that look so snappy. There are cars that never go. There's a car to suit the speedy driver. There's one for the Sunday driving schmoe. There are cars of every make and color. Jalopies and reconverted cans. But the cars that fill our hands with money Are the ones we sell to the smiling Irish men Schmans, schman, schman, schman I love those automobile songs Don't you like those yes. automobile songs? Mr. Gallup, yes. I know everything about automobiles, I really do well, I'm sure that you've uh, had some experience that you'd like to tell us about. Yes, I would love to tell you about. Mr. Gallup, one summer I decided to take the family on a motoring trip up to Canada. So the night before, we were all packing, and I'll never forget. <laughs> Darling, will you hurry up and finish packing? We've got to get to bed early. We're getting up at six. Relax, Milton. Yeah, take it easy, Pop. You'll last longer. <laughs> Oh, darling, this is awful. I, I was through papping, packing two hours ago. I'm packing. A toothbrush and a racing form. Quiet. It's just a camping trip up north. Yeah, but a racing form. What are you going to bet on, moose? Quiet. <laughs> Junior, we're going up to the Canadian woods. Wait a minute. What's the idea of packing your new sailor suit? Well, I might run into one of the own sisters. They're just my age, you know. Did you hear Junior, darling? He has romance at his age He got that from me I wish he'd give it back to you You could use it <laughs> It's very funny Come on, darling Let's go to bed I'll turn out the lights, dear All right, Milton Good night, Junior Oh, no That knock That must be Sam Harrison and his wife, Martha If that corny windbag gets his foot in the door Now, Milton, their neighbors be nice Well... Brush them off. Come in. Well, howdy doody do da do. <laughs> Hello, Sam. Uh, Hello, Martha. Well, saw your jalopy outside, all packed for a trip. So I said, there goes the burls off on a nice long trip, and we haven't even said goodbye. Let's drop over. Isn't that what I said, Martha? Yes. <laughs> Let's 
Awfully nice of you, Sam. Yep. Uh, we're leaving for Canada in the morning. Canada? Yeah. Well, the minute I saw those sleeping bags on the front bumper, I said, they're going to Canada. Didn't I, Martha? Yes. <laughs> Look, uh, folks, we're, we're getting up at six in the morning, Sam, so we're all about to get ready. Ah, ah, there's nothing like an early start. <laughs> Reminds me of the time Martha and I drove up to Albany for his sister's wedding. Sam, it's late, please. Ah, it's a very swell story, Milt. A little long, perhaps. Yes. <laughs> Some other time, Sam. Thanks very much for dropping in. Tell us, Sam, what happened on your trip to Albany? <laughs> Junior, how many times have I told you to keep quiet when adults are talking? Well, Milt, we all went to bed early. <laughs> and you know, we were in the sack ten minutes when the telephone rings. It was the gas company. No, wait. Say, Martha. Yes? Was it the gas company? Yes. <laughs> All right. It was the gas company. Now, look, Sam. Well, sir, ten minutes later... <laughs> another phone call. Yes, Sam, please. <laughs> so here I am. Here I am. Parked outside a filling station, waiting for Martha to come out. <laughs> uh, Milton, you're not listening. Uh. Milton, wake up. I, well, who deals? Who deals? Milton. Sam, look at the clock. It's two in the morning. Well, so long, Milton. Nice seeing you. Wasn't it, Martha? Yes. <laughs> Goodbye, Sam. Goodbye, Martha. Oh, brother. Quick, darling, let's get to bed. No, no, please. Sam! Canada, Canada, you know what just dawned on me? You're going to Canada. Martha and I took a trip to Canada ten years ago. Didn't we, Martha? Yes. Sam, please, it's just a camping trip. A camping trip, did yes, you say? Yes, Well, look what happened to us. Martha was almost attacked by a bear. Uh, weren't you, dear? Yes. <laughs> What did she do? Talk away out of it? <laughs> Sam, Sam, please. And that's not all. Oh, no. Martha accidentally put some poison ivy in a mixed green salad. Mm. Why, you should have seen my mouth. For three whole days, I couldn't talk. Isn't that right, Martha? Yeah. <laughs> Sam, please. Milton, look. Why don't you go to Atlantic City? Sam. Oh, Atlantic City. That's where little Martha and I spent our honeymoon. Isn't it, dear? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Sam, please. <laughs> oh, that Atlantic City. That saltwater taffy for breakfast. Sham. Uh, look, 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 we'd better run along. Sham. Are you ready to go, Martha? Yes. Sham. Well, see you in Atlantic City. Uh, Atlantic City? At this time of the year? Go home. Why, the place for you is Hot Springs, Arkansas. Go home. Go home every day, swimming in that sulfur. Go home. Makes you a new man. Go to Canada. Lazy afternoons in the steam room. Go to Hot Springs. Of course, if you don't like southern cooking, there's always Niagara Falls. Go to... Hey, Pop, watch that driving. Wake up! All right, guys. All right, all right. <sighs> that morning air. 
Are you sure this is the way to Niagara Falls, Sam? Well, this is the way we always go, hey, Martha? Yes. Lord, <laughs> is nice now, too. Sam. That rolling surf. Go Thank you. Thank you. I'll be back in just a moment, ready or not. And in the meantime, here is Mr. Gallup with two words. Philip Morris is the only leading cigarette scientifically proved far less irritating to the nose and throat. Remember, less irritation means more enjoyment. That's why the Philip Morris smoker really gets what other smokers only hope to get. Better taste, finer flavor, perfect smoking pleasure. Yes, it's true. If every smoker knew what Philip Morris smokers know... They'd all change to Philip Morris. Made in America by Americans to please American tastes. Philip Morris, America's finest cigarette. Daylight saving time ends in certain areas on September 28th. This may change the time at which the Milton Berle Show is heard in your community. Please check your local newspaper for the time at which this program will be heard next Tuesday and each Tuesday thereafter. Thank you very much, Mr. Gallup. And while you're mentioning things, would you mention that starting tomorrow, Wednesday, I'm appearing in person at the Roxy Theater here in New York? No. <laughs> but you won't even mention that I'm funnier than ever and that I have some new jokes? No. Fine cooperation. As far as you're concerned, I could drop dead. Yes. <laughs> oh, good night, ladies and gentlemen. Good night. This is Johnny again, returning now to the thousands of store windows and counters all over America. Look for me. I'll be waiting for you. Come in and call for Philip Moore. Yes, if every smoker knew what Philip Morris smokers know, they'd all change to Philip Morris, America's finest cigarette. And now, goodbye, Johnny. See you next Tuesday, same station, when Philip Morris will again present the Milton Berle Show. Until then... Hello, hello, testing one, two, three, four, five. That's it, five. Pipe smokers, try Revelation Pipe Tobacco, a smooth blend of five tobaccos. Yes, relax, take five, take Revelation, a fine pipe tobacco. <laughs> the Milton Burrow Show was written by Matt Hyken and Alan Rubin. 
This is Frank Gallup saying goodnight for Philip Morris. This is NBC, the national broadcasting company. That's the Milton Berle Show starring Milton Berle and all his gang from September 23rd, 1947 as heard over NBC. All of the classic radio shows we present on this series are direct from the master recordings. I have more than 100,000 original radio episodes under license from the owners and estates, and we make them available via digital download or on CD through our Classic Radio Club. By joining the Classic Radio Club, you'll receive 10 superior-sounding classic radio shows sent directly to you each month, along with detailed liner notes and photos of the stars. You'll receive your first 10 classic radio shows for only $1, and you can cancel at any time. To learn more about the Classic Radio Club, log on to ClassicRadioClub.com. That's ClassicRadioClub.com. I'll have another comedy episode of the Milton Berle Show after this short break. Welcome back to the Classic Radio Theater. I'm your host, Carl Amari. This time, Burl and his gang salute Brooklyn. Here's the Milton Burl Show from September 30th, 1947. Make no mistake. Of all leading cigarettes, only one is recognized by eminent nose and throat specialists as definitely less irritating. That one cigarette is Philip Morris. Johnny presents the Milton Berle Show. Here comes Johnny, ladies and gentlemen, to remind you, if every smoker knew what Philip Morris smokers know, they'd all change to Philip Morris. Yes, they'd all... With Kurt Helton, Jack Alberson, Billy Sands, Roger DeCoven, Jackie Grimes, our singing star Nick Carney, the music of Ray Block and the orchestra, and yours truly, Frank Gallup. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, tonight we pay tribute to a great American community, Brooklyn. <laughs> Many people think everyone from Brooklyn is a bum. They're wrong. <laughs> Many people think Milton Berle is a bum. They're right. And here he is, Milton Berle. Thank you. Thank you, and good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Mr. Gallup, how can you start off with such a cruel joke? I mean, tonight, Brooklyn needs sympathy. Tonight, Brooklyn needs consolation. Tonight, Brooklyn needs pitches. Oh, a Yankee Ruder, huh? Ah, oh, there's good grief tonight, Mr. Gallup. Burl, did you see the opening game of the World Series? And you won your name? I say, <laughs> did you? <laughs> I didn't hear what you did. 
Elsa? Yes, what's that? <laughs> Did you see the opening game of the World Series? Did I see the opening game? I had a seat between first and third. Between first and third? Yeah, right on Second Avenue. <laughs> yeah, there's a bar there that has television, you see. McGillicully's Old Romanian Bar and Grill. Mr. Gallup, you can't miss it. There's a man of distinction lying in the doorway. <laughs> yes, I've noticed. I've noticed that most of the bars in New York now have television sets. Yes, they all have. And that's the perfect way to see a baseball game, Mr. Gallup. No crowds, perfect view, sitting at the bar with a glass of beer. If there's a head in front of you, you can blow it off. <laughs> of course, you just can't sit there. Every inning, they expect you to buy a drink. But it's worth it. After the fifth drink, you're seeing a doubleheader. <laughs> I mean, it's just... I mean, Mr. Gallup, it's just like a real game. You, you know the seventh inning stretch? Mm -hmm. Well, at this bar, they're stretched out before the game starts. <laughs> yes, Mr. Gallup, television is the coming thing, and when it comes... You goes. I, I goes? Mr. Gallup, I don't mind you making jokes about me, but at least you can be grammatical. Grammico. No kidding, Mr. Gallup. The least you can be is... Here, you read it. Grammatical. Thank you very much. Well, the least you can be is that. Really, Mr. Gallup, why do you persist in hurling those acrimonious and abusive epithets at me? Why, kid? Oh, no. Wait for the laugh, old boy. Why do you why do you throw those at me, huh? Why? Well, nevertheless, Wait, the did you get that? Did you did you hear what I just said? Did you epithets, acrimonious? Uh, and I couldn't say Graman. I still can't say it. Go ahead. Well, nevertheless, Burl, when television arrives, you leaves. I leaves. That's more like it. That's better than you goes. Mr. Gallup, must we always fight? Tonight we are paying tribute to Brooklyn. It's in a spirit of friendship. Should we? Join in. Perhaps you're right, Milton. That's the spirit. You know, Frank, I... Frank! Oh, the... <laughs> well, Mr. Gallup, I, I didn't mean to say Frank. I didn't know what I was saying. You called me Frank. Well, it, it, I, sorry, it, it slipped Burl. out. Burl, only one other person ever had the audacity to call me Frank. My mother. <laughs> Your mother called you Frank? That's why I left home. Oh, no! I could bear just so much informality. Oh, gosh, Mr. Gallup, I, I thought we were getting along so well. Oh, yes, Burl, I've noticed of late a certain feeling of comradeship, of friendliness and warmth growing between us. I know. And this I find particularly nauseating. <laughs> Mr. Gallup, please, just for tonight, let's be friends. Here, take my hand. You know my address. Send it to me. <laughs> about you, waving the audience to applaud at that crack. Uh, it's all right, Mr. Gallup. Go ahead. Be your own master of ceremonies. Go ahead. But let me just tell you one word. Grammatical. <laughs> you know, you do five shows a day at the Roxy, and you, you try to pronounce an out-of-town word like that. <laughs> Boy, what business I'm doing at the Roxy. What a week. I've looked at more empty seats than my tailor. <laughs> But, uh... <laughs> How can you sleep with the lights on? Well, I am. On with the program, Mr. Gallup. On with the program. As... And don't wave to the audience anymore, please. 
because we'll both get waved goodbye from the program. But on with the program as we pay tribute to a community that has withstood the ravages and insults and ridicule. Ladies and gentlemen, tonight we salute Brooklyn. Block. Great block. 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 Great, great block. Stop it. Stop. What's that? I said Brooklyn. Now pull yourself together. And there's a lot to pull together, too. We salute Brooklyn. Brooklyn, shining isle of the Atlantic. Brooklyn, gem of the eastern seaboard. Brooklyn, home of hardy pioneers who have fought civilization to a standstill. <laughs> Brooklyn. Brooklyn, here in this tropical paradise, we find a drowsy, easygoing people. Half the people are always asleep. And the other half are the ones who put them to sleep. So join me. Won't you? Tolerant listener Won't you On an expert Are you sitting on a feather out there The lady laughed out there Join me on this expedition Into the strange exotic land of make-believe Brooklyn Yes As we cross the Williamsburg Bridge And approach Brooklyn a border patrol checks our passports. <laughs> they go through our luggage carefully, removing all of our valuable valuables. <laughs> if you have any place to go, go ahead. <laughs> they go through our luggage carefully, removing all our valuables and disappearing with them into the night. I lost that one up, but at last. <laughs> at last, ladies and gentlemen, we are in Brooklyn. As we set foot on Brooklyn soil, a friendly hand comes out to welcome us. Ow. <laughs> Hastily, we explain to him that I am neither Happy Chandler nor Noel Coward. I say to him, I am Milton Berle. Duh. <laughs> Quaint, mysterious Brooklyn, rich in natural resources. In our knapsacks, we have brought trinkets to trade with the natives for their precious ivory. <laughs> and we are told that this ivory is found in abundance in a section called Ebbets Field. This ivory is also known as the St. Louis Cardinal's Teeth. But let us go on and meet the people of this flower of North America, Brooklyn. Here, here we are on the corner of Flatbush and Myrtle Avenue. Let us pick up at random one of the many Brooklynites hurrying by. Let us speak to him so that we may hear his strange, colorful Brooklyn speech. Excuse me, sir. Uh, may I have a word with you? Well, I'm in a beastly hurry, but carry on, old bean. <laughs> Wait a minute, you, uh, you are a Brooklynite? I jolly well am, born and raised in Brooklyn, you know, and deucedly proud of the old borough. Thank you. Cheerio. Thank you. <laughs> yes, it is these people who make Brooklyn. For it's they... Oh, here comes another Brooklynite. Excuse me, sir. I heard you, I heard you. What am I, thief, hey? Well, I, I would like to... Don't ask... raise your voice to me, you jerk. <laughs> yeah, but I just want to ask you a question. Okay, okay, keep your shirt on, hey. All right, how long, young man, have you lived in Brooklyn? Since yesterday. I just moved here from Texas. <laughs> Thank you, Tex McCrary, and give my regards to Jinx. Ah, <laughs> uh, but the hour grows late. 
And as our trusty subway pulls out of the station, we hear the soft chant of the natives as they call after us, Aloha, Malaga, Mahala, which translated means... Hit the road, you fat slob! <laughs> Ah, yes, Mr. Gallup, it's the old days in Brooklyn that everyone remembers. When you think of those wonderful bygone years with that one and only girl, you just can't help but sing. I want to hang my hat on a tree that grows in Brooklyn. I want to dip my feet in the Goana Fells Canal, Canal. Ah, Cynthia... Cynthia, golden memories of Cynthia in old Brooklyn. I remember the first time I ever met you, Cynthia. You had a job in the Brooklyn Navy Yard on those battleships. They used to pull you through the guns to clean them out. <laughs> but Cynthia, you didn't mind as long as you were near sailors. Yes, darling, Cynthia, there was something about sailors you loved. Rolling them. <laughs> ah, but how proud you were, Cynthia, that day that they named that ship after you, the Big Schmo. <laughs> Remember the launching? You broke the bottle of champagne, and before the ship hit the water, you were on the ground, lapping it up. <laughs> but, Cynthia, I remember you best at Coney Island. That wonderful day when you won that contest at Coney Island. The hot dog eating contest. What a record you set. 46 frankfurters in three minutes. Then you were disqualified. You didn't wait until they were cooked. <laughs> ah, Saint Cynthia... Cynthia, how we laughed at the way you looked in those mirrors in the funhouse. If you only looked as good as that in real life. Ah, <laughs> uh, those rides we had on the roller coaster. Your head would be on my shoulder, and how I warned you against standing up while the roller coaster was tearing along. Then one day you stood up. Boing, boing, boing. Yes, your head was still on my shoulder. But where were you? And while I'm still waiting for the rest of you, I'll sing. I want to hang my hat in Brooklyn, where the things are always cooking. I want to hang my hat in dear old Brooklyn. Chicago, New Orleans, Minneapolis, San Francisco, Philadelphia. From all over the country, there's news, big news. Listen. From section after section, eminent nose and throat specialists report that the cigarette they suggest in cases of irritation due to smoking is Philip Morris. Yes, these top-ranking nose and throat specialists actually suggest Philip Morris because they know Philip Morris is the one, the only leading cigarette proved definitely less irritating. Remember, the cigarette that gives you the least irritation is the cigarette that gives you the most enjoyment. After all, it's pleasure, deep, rich pleasure that counts in smoking. And the full measure of smoking pleasure is yours to enjoy day in, day out in Philip Morris. That's why we say, if every smoker knew what Philip Morris smokers know, they'd all change to Philip Morris, America's finest cigarette. <laughs> That uh, was very nice, Ray. That was Ray Block and the Philip Morris Orchestra playing feudin', fightin', and fussin'. They played like they were foolin', fiddlin', and fakin'. And now... <laughs> I'm only kidding. You know I love you madly. M-A-D-D-L-Y, madly. And now, as we continue our salute to Brooklyn, we now present... 
Brooklyn Forum tonight. Brooklyn Forum tonight. The question, will living in Brooklyn ever take the place of jungle warfare? Thank you, Mr. Gallup. And now let's get on with the questions from the floor. Let's start right here with this tall gentleman with the alligator bags under his eyes. Uh, yes, sir? Mr. Burrell, me and a bunch of my friends came all the way from Brooklyn just to catch you at the Roxy. What happened? Did you catch me? No, we caught the wrong guy. He's still in the hospital. How do you like that? There's a campaign not to waste food, and this guy comes all the way from Brooklyn to leave an egg. Next. All right, this... Uh, this... Young man coming up here wearing the suede pumps with the platform heels. Uh, young man, uh, what is your name? My name is Harry Truman. <laughs> Harry Truman? Don't confuse me with the president. Oh, no, I won't. His I'll... name is Harry S. Truman. I know, I know. Mine is Harry M. Truman. I see. What does the M stand for? Margaret. <laughs> All right, Harry, you have a question about Brooklyn? I got no questions about Brooklyn. I like Brooklyn. Well, we're just Always not... somebody is criticizing Brooklyn. What's the matter with Brooklyn? There's nothing wrong. Then stop criticizing. What are you, a wise guy or something? No, I just... I come from Brooklyn. I'm proud of it. Yeah, but all I we're... was born in Brooklyn. I live in Brooklyn. I hope I drop dead in Brooklyn. I didn't say... They gave you the famous man, George Washington, Frank Sinatra, Chiang Kai-shek, Brooklyn, Look, who you... wrote the most oranges, who gave us all our presidents, who discovered America, Brooklyn. Please, wait. Ah, shut up, you Bronx bum. <laughs> We must control ourselves. Young man, let's have your question again. Okay. Would you like to buy a 1922 Essex? <laughs> oh, please, sit down. Let's hear, let's hear the woman's side. All right, this young lady in the aisle squeezing grapes with her bare feet. Uh, young lady, what is your name, please? Tallulah Feeney. I'm a homemaker. I see. I see. And you have a question concerning Brooklyn. Yeah. How can I stop my husband from being such a loyal Dodger fan? He's driving me nuts. He's very loyal? Loyal? Just say the way Dodger and he takes off his hat, falls down on his knees, and kisses his Leah DeRocha button. Oh, he's loyal, all right. He even got a tattoo on his chest that says Dodgers. Really? To show he ain't prejudiced, he also got a tattoo that says Yankees. On his chest? Are you kidding? <laughs> oh, I, I get it, I get it. He's always getting into fights at Ebbets Field. He gets into fights. He got so much glass in his head from pop bottles, I get I could get a deposit back on him. <laughs> well, no wonder. You should have seen my husband the day the Dodgers won the pennant. What did he do? He come running home yelling, the Dodgers won the pennant for the first time in six years. Then he gave me a big kiss. He gave you a kiss? It was the first time in six years for me, too. <laughs> Mrs. Feeney, now that the World Series is on, your husband must be impossible. Yeah. He told me if the Dodgers lose the World Series, he's going to throw himself out the window. If the Dodgers lose, he'll throw himself out the window? Yeah. Come on, Yankees! <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Mrs. Feeney. And now, let us all bow our heads in devotion to Brooklyn as we sing. Hail to the majestic Brooklyn, let us all rejoice. We salute thy mighty land from the bridge to Benson Coney Island, Prospect Park, and Brighton by the sea. We all love the sight of Brooklyn and the smell of the BMT.
once again, a young singing star, Dick Farney, to sing. When she looks you in the eye And your heart begins to sigh It's just plain love When she takes you by the hand And says, oh, I think you're grand It's just plain love It's just plain love It lives eternally So if you're happy down inside Just because she's by your side It's just plain love It's just plain love It's just plain love It's just plain love It lives eternally So if you're happy down inside Just because she's by your side Sure as stars are above It's just plain Dick Farney. Wonderful. That was nice and soothing for the dampened spirits in Brooklyn tonight. And don't worry, Dodgers, you'll have your day. Look at Leo DeRosier. He had his day. Mr. Uh... <laughs> oh, that's all right. Good joke. Um, <laughs> but not for me. Mr. Gallup, did I, <laughs> did I ever tell you what happened to me once at Ebbets Field? Yes. <laughs> Would you like to hear it again? No. <laughs> Okay, if you insist, here's what happened. <laughs> it was earlier this season, Mr. Gallup. I took my little son, Junior, out to Ebbets Field to see the Dodgers play the St. Louis Cardinals. Show your tickets, show your tickets this way, show your tickets. Uh, here you are, sir. There's tickets for my son and me. Wait a minute, a half-price ticket for this kid? Oh, well, he, he's only five, aren't you, Junior? Yeah. Okay, go in. <laughs> Come on, Junior. I don't want to miss a minute of the game. All right, we're in. We're in already. All right. You can put away that teething ring. Let's get to our seats. Oh, boy. At last, a baseball game. Give me a hot dog, Pop. Junior, you, you just had lunch. Now, let's get to our seats. I'm hungry. The ride out here gave me an appetite. A ride in a packed subway gave you an appetite? What are you, a cannibal or something? I'm not getting you a hot dog. You're kidding. <laughs> no, you're not getting a hot dog. Okay, step aside. Here it comes. No, Junior, please. I'll kill myself. No, I'll Junior, kill Junior, myself. please. Where's the gas? Junior, please. Give me a gas Junior, I'll please. Stop it. Stop it. All right. Oh, brother. What a kid. You win. I'll get you the hot dog and I'll meet you at the seats. Junior? Junior? Here's your seat, Pop. Oh, boy. What a struggle. Here's your hot dog. I don't want it now. You eat it. You don't want it? I had to knock down an old man to get it. 
All right, I'll eat it. Gee, the game started. It's just the first inning. Oh, good. Only the first inning. What's the score? 12 to 16. <laughs> oh, a pitcher's duel. Well, I still have eight innings to see. Who's up now? Brooklyn. Stanky's at bat. Oh, Stanky. Good. Come on, Stanky! Ball one! Gee, nice crowd. Ball two! Hey, you know, that, that's bunk about Dodger fans being tough. Ball three! Look, Junior, look how orderly they are. Strike! Junior, are you all right? Yeah, where are you, Pop? Here, under the seat. What's happened? What happened? They're burying the umpire behind second base. Oh, that's nice. He would have liked it that way. Oh, shh, shh. The game's starting again. I'm hungry, Pop. I'll take my hot dog now. Yeah, well, I... Huh? Hot dog. Hot dog? I, I, I ate it. You're kidding. No, Junior. Junior, you said that you... I'll kill myself. No, Junior. Don't 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 start again. Junior, don't start. Give me a gun. Stop it. Please. Now put your eyes back in your head now. Okay, I'll I'll get you a hot dog. Here I go onto the stands again. Geronimo. Here's the hot dog, Junior. I ran all the way. You sure made speed, Pop. You weren't gone two minutes. I, I guess I didn't miss anything. I see Stanky still at bat. Yeah, but it's the sixth inning. <laughs> sixth inning? What's the score? 22 to 18. What are they doing? Playing on pogo sticks? Okay, now for some baseball. Who's at bat? Stanky. <laughs> come on, Stanky! Well, come on, umpire. What was it? Strike. <laughs> Junior, come on. Let's go home. They're starting again, Pop. Good, good. Who's at bat? Stanky. <laughs> but he was just up. They lost count. Oh, I see. Popcorn, peanuts, hand grenades. <laughs> Junior. Please, do me a favor, Junior. Sit down. I'm hungry. Give me some peanuts. No, Junior, you'll ruin your appetite for dinner. Mother's cooking tonight. Oh, good idea. Peanuts. Hey, one bag of peanuts. Okay, catch. Oh, my nose. Hey, will you watch how you throw them, please? Don't change the subject. You owe me a dime. Oh. Here's a half a dollar. Catch. Got it. Here's your change. Catch. <laughs> That's great. All in pennies. Now I got to get under the seats and pick them up. Well, nothing's happening anyway. Here goes. Junior, what happened? What happened? Stanky double, Robinson single, Walker homer, there was a triple play, the Cardinals came up, scored four runs, Karowski homered with bases loaded, the score is tied, 26 to 26. What a ball game! <laughs> yep. <laughs> now who's up? Stanky. <laughs> Must be his bat and ball. <laughs> quiet. Junior, quiet. What, what? Here's the pitch. Ball one. What's with that umpire? They run out of men. Oh, oh, I see, I see. Hey, Milty! Milty Bell! Hey, look, Pop, behind you. It's Lou Parker. I'm not turning my head. Hey, Milty! Can't you just turn around for a second? Answer, Rob. Well, I guess I better. What is it, Lou? Yeah! Oh, 
Archie. What happened? I just turned my head. What happened? Stanky triple. Robinson walked. Yeah. Reese doubled off the scoreboard and was caught yeah. sliding into third. Yeah. There was a fight at second base. Fight the cops second. came up yeah. and made four runs. Yeah. Then the game was held up for a little while on account of rain. <laughs> What's the score? 62 to 61. Nice tight game. Who's up? The Cardinals. Good. Who's the batter? Stanky. <laughs> He's with Brooklyn. While you had your head turned, he was traded. That does it. Junior, come on, let's go home. No, Pop, we're staying to the end. You're kidding. No, Pop, we're staying. Okay, here it comes. No, no, Pop. I'll kill myself. No, steady. I said, no, no, I'll kill myself. I'll kill myself. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. I'll be back in just a minute. In the meantime, remember this. You're twice as sure of twice the pleasure when you smoke Philip Morris. And here's why. First, you enjoy the pleasure of smoking the world's finest premium tobaccos. Mellow and mild and superbly blended. And second, you enjoy the extra pleasure of smoking the one, the only leading cigarette, recognized by eminent nose and throat specialists as definitely less irritating. Yes, you're twice as sure of twice the pleasure when you smoke Philip Morris. So, next time you call for cigarettes, call for Philip Morris, made in America by Americans to please American tastes. Thank you very, very much. Well, that about winds up the hilarity for tonight. <laughs> Mr. Gallup, how about telling the folks who's appearing in person this week at the Roxy? Of course. Stanky. <laughs> Thank you, Pee Wee Reese. Good night, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> If every smoker knew what Philip Morris smokers know, they'd all change to Philip Morris, America's finest cigarette. And now, goodbye, Johnny. See you next Tuesday, same time, same station, when Philip Morris will again present the Milton Berle Show. Until then... Hello, hello, testing, one, two, three, four, five. That's it, five. Pipe smokers try Revelation Pipe Tobacco, a smooth blend of five tobaccos. Yes, relax, take five, take Revelation, a fine pipe tobacco. This is NBC, the national broadcasting company. That's the Milton Berle Show, starring Milton Berle and all his gang from September 30th, 1947, as heard over NBC. Stick around, I'll give you our lineup for episode 73 of the Classic Radio Theater after this short break. Next time on episode 73 of the Classic Radio Theater brought to you by the Bradford Exchange, we'll hear two detective episodes of The Saint starring Vincent Price and Tom Conway, so don't miss it. 
To reach me and to learn more about the Classic Radio Club, visit ClassicRadioClub.com. Be sure to tune in to our next show. Thanks for listening.